0: Welcome back to the Believing and Achieving Podcast, where we discuss all things health, longevity, improvement, awareness, and creativity. I am your host, Kylie Comstock, a self-taught master of the mind and body. Each episode, we will have guests from different backgrounds, stories, and knowledge to help you unlock the power within and incinerate your goals. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the Believing and Achieving podcast. We are to episode twenty nine today, so that is freaking awesome. Um, I am so excited to have our guest on today, Dallin Aston, um, from a killer online guitar course that grew into a full fledged startup with books, training, and coaching. Dallin's journey doesn't stop at music. He's your digital strategy guru, providing insights across industries, Um, now diving into business valuations, capital raising, nightly rental management, and real estate development. Dallin's entrepreneurial spirit is as diverse as it gets. Getting ready for a down-to-earth chat about passion, journey, and the real side of human success. So, Dallin, so happy to have you here today. Um, I'd love for the audience to learn more, um, about your journey, like from when you began to now, um, and how you kind of got into like marketing business, um, all the things. So maybe you could give a little background to the audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm honored that you thought of me and invited me to come on the show. I think what you're doing is really cool. So props to you and congrats on on episode number 29. That's I feel like most people they'll do a podcast and get a few episodes in and then it tapers off and 29 you're you're dialed. That's awesome. So congrats. Thank you so much. Um yeah, so for the past oh boy, about about 5 years ago I um kind of had this this spark of fire. I was like, I want to, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to have my own business. I, I don't want to go work for someone else and blah, blah, blah. like all that stuff. Right. And, and, uh, I was at snow college in a little town from Utah. There was like 4,000 students at the college in the middle of nowhere and there was not much to do. And so I would literally spend all my time reading, doing online courses, learning everything I could do. Um, uh, to try to understand how I could actually do this. And, um, as I pondered and pondered and pondered, I thought, what is a business that I could start? What's something I could do to impact people and, and provide value to someone? And the guitar came to my mind. I've, I've, uh, played the guitar for 14 years now, and I decided to go and create a course and, uh, try to build an online kind of, um, interactive program where people could come and learn the guitar and experience the same benefits in my life that I that I benefit, benefited from. So long story short, I ended up doing that. Uh, I wrote some books on how to play the guitar. I filmed hours worth of content. Um, I ended up uh, facilitating suites of products around the guitar, different guitar accessories, guitars themselves, um, did one-on-one coaching. And then I ended up taking that from um, just, you know, clients and making sales online too started I started to compete in business competitions and I ended up winning several and I made it to the top 20 uh in the state at the University of Utah's competition before covid hit um and so that got canceled but it 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 did something uh, uh, really interesting for me when I got to that point I was like well hang on a second if these principles a plot can can make this little guitar thing work then I I'm I wonder if it could make other businesses see success and have awesome results too. And so I started a little marketing company called Rise Marketing. And I started helping small business owners primarily with their uh, digital online strategy. And this is, you know, COVID is is in full swing at this point. And so lots of people are going online anyway. And so it was kind of that perfect little time to help all these business owners that are like, oh my gosh, I've been hit with COVID. I don't know what to do. And I helped... I had clients that were lawyers, um real estate guys. I had a life coach, um, boy, I had several I mean different industries. and uh it was funny. I would get on calls. I mean I was so new to this and my my experience with marketing was books that I had read, um a couple classes that I had taken, and my guitar. Company, Right. So that was the extent of it. And I I just kind of had this hypothesis that these principles would apply to them, too. So I would literally get on these calls with these clients of mine and I would be like, "Okay, tell me your problem. Like, what's going on? And tell me about your business. Tell me what, what, you know, all this stuff. And uh, they would tell me and I'm like, oh, yeah, we can totally do that. And then we get off the call and I'd be like, I have no idea how to do that. (laughs) Um, But it was really insightful because. I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And that kind of focused my study and focused my learning towards really effective strategies that I could apply. So if someone would come to me and say, hey, I don't know how to do this with um, Google ads or I don't know how to do this with a sales funnel, then I would say, "Okay, here are some questions that I can now ask myself and understand really well. I can do a deep dive and I can test and I can apply and I can learn different things. Um, And then I would go do that. And then apply them and then i had clients that were like you have changed my business so it was it was really insightful really great learning and a lot of growth and that led me to all these things i think are stepping stones that led me to go work at harman brothers i was um that's a marketing agency behind um uh, purple mattress kodiak cakes click funnels um fiber fix poopery i mean I could go on and on about Harmon Brothers the master masterminds that they are. I ended up being the the vice president of business development and sales. And so I spoke with um people of all, all different industries, massive companies, small companies, um and I got to a point where if anyone wanted to work with Harm Brothers, they would talk to me and I would figure out how we could fit with their company, what would what would make sense and then I would bring them on as a client, and then I would transition into a strategist role. So I helped a lot of companies um, at a massive scale with their digital marketing, their online presence, and their advertising. So all of that, I mean, it started from this little guitar company um, that I had started. And believe it or not, that also led me into Airbnb. That led me to uh, eventually develop a love for real estate. And so the rest is history. But that is where it all started.
0: That's amazing. I love how like you said it had just started kind of as a small thing and then you just built on it. Um, and how you said like, I literally got off a call and didn't know anything after the client had asked for something. But I feel like that's part of being a marketer is like you become a good problem solver. So like the fact that you didn't know is actually kind of good because it's like, well, my job is to be a problem solver. So I'm going to go out and like learn how to do this. Right. Um, yeah. so when that would, when that would happen, like, would you just research or what would you do after, you know, the client would, you'd end the call, you didn't know what to do. Were you, were you like reading books and like trying to go back and research what they were trying to solve?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, um, I'll just give you an example. I, I had one time I recall just off the top of my head and there there were so many times that this happened, but, um, I had this, this client that was a life coach and it was primarily for Teens and young adults, and he would help a lot of these, uh, these, these young adults kind of figure out what they wanted to do with their life. It was kind of it was a really impactful thing in his life, and he wanted to um, continue working on that while COVID hit and figure out a way to to um, develop high quality leads. And so he came to me and he was like, "Hey, I don't know how to do this, but because I I had been working on a sales funnel for him." to kind of take people through. And it was primarily geared towards parents um, of teens. And then uh, there was another one that was kind of focused on adults. And he came in and he was like, dude, is there a way we we can send everyone to the same page and do like a survey that based on every question that they answer, it gives them a different landing page at the end based on their results of the survey. And then we can then we can give them the prop, the appropriate sales language. Cause like through the survey, we can understand what they're struggling with. Uh, are they a parent? Are they themselves? Like, are, you know, what are they interested in? what are the things, like what are they really struggling with? We can understand all of that. Can we just speak, can we send them all to the same place? And then, and then code it so that it does all that. And I was like, yes, we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know, I, I knew nothing about coding. I knew nothing about creating all that stuff. And so I spent, oh I, there were so many nights where I would be on my computer. I get on my computer in the evening after school, after work. And I would look up after, you know, I would look it up online. I would look up video tutorials. I would look up what, you know, what books could I read? I would order books. I would, I mean, I would look up trainings. I would do all this stuff. Um, I remember so many nights I'd be sitting there and I'd look up and the sun would be rising and I'm like, Oh man, I gotta go to bed. (laughs) But but, um, yeah, but I mean the, the point that I'm trying to make is, There are so many resources at your fingertips. The problem, though, is I feel like there's so much of it. If you don't have a focused question to kind of guide your study, you you can go into so many different rabbit holes and so many different tangents. But because I was getting these specific targets from these clients like, hey, I need to do this, I need to do this, like that's a very specific ask. Mm-hmm. I could go find all the information I needed to because it was so specific. It, if it was like, hey, how do I build a sales funnel? Then it's like, okay, I mean, that's so broad. Like, what Like, what do you talk, like what kind, what product, okay. or service, like what do you, like what, there's so many different answer questions that can come from that broad question. But when you, when you break it down to some really specifics then it can guide your study loss, so that's what I did.
0: Okay. Yeah that's that's a. I mean I it blows my mind that you like made the time to 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 do all that like I think that's something that's very um common across a lot of entrepreneurs is they just have this like insane drive to like you know, solve the problem or or make their dream work. And so like they'll do whatever it takes. And you had school, you had work, you had all this all these other things you could have been doing, yet you were up all night trying to solve someone's problem. So that's that's a really cool story. Um so can you share some insights into your approach to digital strategies, like some strategies that have worked for you um and how entrepreneurs can effectively navigate like the ever-changing landscape of online business. Yeah. It's kind of a loaded question.
1: Yeah. And the first thing that comes to my mind, actually this, so I have worked with, oh man, obviously I've done my own, right. With my guitar stuff, I've done, um, three-day events where I've done personal development seminars where I'll have people join, um, remotely and I'll just have like do webinar style three-day conferences, just focusing on how can I be better. Right. So I've done a lot of stuff on my own, but then I've also worked with. companies who are, you know, they've barely scraped any revenue. Um, and then I've also worked with companies that their marketing budget for the year was $7 million. I mean, just their marketing budget. And so there's a there's a wide range of, of companies that I've worked with. But the number one thing that I've seen be the most impactful to any company in any industry in any position in their um, company history is it's the same. And that being their understanding of who they're speaking to. And this Mm. might sound a little cliche, uh, but at the end of the day, I will preach this from the rooftops. At the end of the day, like I worked with so many clients who they thought that what they were doing was so awesome and it was so beautiful and it was so great and it was so compelling. But guys, I got to be honest with you, if it does not matter if you think it's great, if your target audience does not resonate. Right. And so to dive into that a little bit deeper, um, I feel like it's a pretty common idea to, you know, know your avatar, outline who they are, uh, talk about what they like, blah, 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 like all that stuff. Right. And I feel like a lot of it is kind of surface level and people kind of do it and they forget about it. But oh, my gosh, the times that I've seen people take that and make it the core of their business. Those are the companies that I see find the most success because when you start to really internalize the fact that you aren't doing this for you and you might be the target market, that's fine. Okay. And that's helpful that you can target your or that you can craft your marketing messages. But really, I mean, it's, it is, I will beat this like a dead horse. I mean, I will shout this from the rooftops. You need to know your market better than they know themselves. Like you need to know what they, what they do, what they like to do, their hobbies, what they think about, how they speak. I mean, all this stuff is so important because, well, not only does a a confused mind always say no, but, but you, I'm convinced of this. You will never convince anyone of anything. Mm -hmm. And I learned this as I was selling these, these marketing packages to, or these advertising packages to these big companies. I mean, the the biggest contract I ever sold, I think it was like $800,000. It was an $800,000 oh contract and we went in and we worked together and uh, we launched a bunch of commercial. Anyway, that's a, that's a whole other story, but that I did not sell through being really like a lot of, a lot of people, you know, I love Grant Cardone. I love some of these guys that are like, you know, never take, never take no for an answer, like drive that sale. But man, I got to tell you, I did not sell that in that way. I sell uh, sold that super relationship focused i mean the, the owner of the company w- would legit text myself and tell me about him hog hunting so so <laughs> and and at the end of the day i presented him a story that helped him convince himself and that's the point that i'm trying to make right so if you can understand who you're speaking to so well you can present to them in uh sales copy of video messaging ads a, a story whatever a narrative whatever is going to resonate with them so much so that they start saying it's their own idea to purchase that's when you've got them that's when you have a brand champion right because and and not everyone is going to resonate this deeply but you, you want to take the approach of I'm going to speak to those that will and then you'll get ancillary people that come and they'll they'll go on your page they'll they'll put their email in and then maybe they'll buy a month later that happened to me tons of times right but but really when you can focus in on i'm not going to convince anyone of anything i don't care if i think this looks good i'm going to test i'm going to test i'm going to iterate until the people that i'm speaking to resonate with these messages and end up convincing themselves that holy cow i cannot go without this mm. that i think is the that's the secret sauce of marketing right and i feel like a lot of people unfortunately take this avatar that they create and go, okay, I did that. It's almost like this checklist mentality where they just go through the motion and then they end up creating a website or something that they really love, but it doesn't perform. Well, why? It's because it's not focused on who you're talking to. Mm.
0: Yes. And like, I like how you pointed out the importance of connection. I actually spoke about this, at my brother's conference. Um, but it's, it's so important in a business like world to actually build a relationship with who you want to sell to or who you, who are prospects, because they're not used to that. That's, what's going to help you stand out. Everybody's so transactional and everyone just wants to sell. They just want the money. So it's really, I think so important to connect with them. And that's like, so funny to me that he was texting you about, was it hog hunting?
1: Yeah. Yeah. He had a helicopter. I mean, he's this uber wealthy dude and he had a helicopter and he would go out on his farm and they would have hogs come in and they didn't want them there. And so he would legit go from the helicopter shooting these uh, (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, but that's the thing. Like when you learn that about someone, it, it transcends from this business transaction to how can I How can we mutual mutually create something great? Mm. And that became the conversation, right? I mean, we started talking about, oh my gosh, if we did this, we could do that. Oh, it 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 completely disregarded the idea that there was a sale, and uh, and he convinced himself. He's like, holy cow, we have to do this, right? And so they ended up closing, and that was uh, an awesome success. And I have so many stories like that, right? But that's the common denominator. When you, when you build that connection, that relationship, it's, it's worth everything.
0: So, and you mentioned specifically that you said the word craft. And so I'm like interested when you're, you know, when you do have a prospect who's interested in doing business, how do you go about crafting a story that, or a offer that makes them, you know, can't they so they can't say no.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the, the hog hunting guy, right? Yeah. So they came to me, and it was actually these Texas lawyers, um, big big law firm a, a, in Texas, and and I actually went out and and uh, met with them in person in Texas, and and um, kind of let out a strategy retreat, and we spent two days together and kind of built their built the plan with their team. And um, anyway, a big thing that I found to be really powerful in crafting that message was. First and foremost, I studied the crap out of their company and I started looking into the industry as well. So I started to understand, okay, who is, who are their competitors, right? What, what are their competitors doing? Why, why are they coming to us? Because they wouldn't reach out to us um, unless they were struggling with something. They had a problem they needed to solve. So I needed to understand them, their problem, who they were facing, what they were facing, and ultimately at the, end of, at the end of the day, what would be this solution, okay? and But the approach that I think was not necessarily just coming right out and telling them the solution. It was trying to paint this narrative around what could get themselves to believe that we were the solution. So that being, I remember clearly we would have, oh, we had several calls over a few weeks um, but we would hop on the phone. And we would, I, I would chat with them and, and I would try to keep it really concise. So that we weren't just like chatting for hours and hours on end. I mean, there's, a, there's a point you really have to balance this, this, um, you know, cause I feel like a lot of people tend to just spend a lot of time with people in under the guise of, Oh, I'm building a relationship, but they miss the really powerful points of, what building relationship means. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with some people and I don't know if I would consider that we have a relationship, but then I've spent relatively little time with some people and I feel like we have a really powerful relationship. So I spent a lot of that time with them trying to understand and offline for every hour I spent with them, I was spending hours um, digging and trying to understand and paint this narrative. Okay, they, at the end of the day, were spending so much money on TV. And their competitors were as well. And all these lawyers are the same. I noticed that all of them had very similar marketing messages. They had a really catchy slogan. Um, one call, that's all, you know, we've all heard that garbage and we all see him on the, on the side of the road and the billboards. It's always two guys smiling, you know, it's, it's all the same. And then on TV, they're spe- they were spending $20,000 a week on TV commercials. And, um, they they actually did an experiment right before they called us. This was the reason they called us was they did an experiment and they turned off their TV ads for two weeks and they had no change in their lead flow. And so they were like, oh my gosh, we are doing something wrong. So they reached out to us and the more and more that we talked, the more I tried to say try to be understanding, right? It's like, oh my goodness, like that's, you know, trying to validate what their their findings and then point them towards that solution saying, have you guys attempted anything like this? Have you guys tried um, any type of digital strategy outside of TV? And they're like, oh, well, you've tried, no, not really. And, and so we started to, through these poignant questions, you can start to really craft in their own mind. So when I say crafting. A, a strategy. I'm not necessarily saying that I'm sitting down and I'm writing out everything, which I do write. I would write the proposal. I would write out the battle map. But before any of that, oftentimes you craft this story within their in their mind and they start to tell you, whoa, down. What if we did a commercial that was completely outside the box? That wasn't like anything we've seen on on TV or anything. And it was specifically for social like Instagram, TikTok. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea because that's what I would have proposed. Right. So it starts to become their idea. You see what I'm getting at? So um, so when they started saying that, I was like, OK, yeah, guys, honestly, I think that would be a great direction. So let me outline what I have done with several clients that might be a similar industry to you and what I've seen based on what your competitors are doing. It's a really blue ocean for you to do this. Let's target some of these videos in this manner with this type of tone. We can even apply that to your billboards. We can apply that to your site. We can kind of revamp, rebrand, if you will, this different approach to what's been done so many times and let's test some stuff right let's test and see if your audiences actually interact with this because that's who we're talking to at the end of the day anyway so you guys getting in here and thinking this is a great idea okay let's test it first right so that's that was the approach and so i would try to ask the right questions that would point them towards what i was ultimately trying to propose
0: Mm, yes marketing marketing is all about i think asking the right questions so the person can again come up with that idea in their own mind and it takes time to build like you had to go through several calls and and self- several revisions for them to finally come to that conclusion but like you want them to be thinking about it first so that's that's really cool i i love that story and i love how i love how many ventures you're going into um, so I kind of want to talk about some other ventures as well. Um, so transitioning from a creative endeavor like music to business valuations and real estate um, involves a significant shift. So, how do you navigate yeah. these transitions, and what lessons can entrepreneurs uh, learn from your experiences?
1: Yeah, so I never in a million years thought if you would have asked me two years ago or three years ago if I would be doing, um real estate development, heck even real estate, I would have been like, uh, I don't know, probably not. Right. And so it's, it's so interesting how things change, but I, I with confidence can tell you that because of what I do with the guitar hacks, which was my guitar company, I ended up doing real estate. Um, but when I was, uh, in the midst of doing all the guitar stuff, I had a really deep desire to just learn and understand business. Right. And um, finances, because I was dealing with all this stuff. I was one man show. So I'm like, I have to deal with the marketing. I have to deal with the operations. I have to do with the financing. I have to deal with all, like all these different pieces. I had to build my own website. I had to write the books. I had to do the, you know, all that stuff. And so I had this uh, really deep desire to learn as much as I could. And that came from, you know, a lot of books, trainings, that kind of stuff but I ended up seeking out different opportunities where I could just fire hose myself. And I ended up getting a job as a financial analyst. Uh, It was a part-time gig where I would go in and I would analyze several businesses, real life businesses with revenues anywhere from a hundred thousand dollars a year to a couple million dollars a year. I would analyze those and provide a business valuation report for banks um, and I did that solely in order to start understanding business finances, taxes, all that kind of stuff that was that's typically not talked about. it's it's really kind of tucked away in the behind the scenes. Um and I ended up uh, leaving that. I transitioned out of it to start my marketing company uh, because I started dreaming in spreadsheets, and i and I didn't like it. so but, but it gave me so much insight. And it set me up for so much greater success later. And little I know that would influence my real estate transactions a uh, year and a half later, right? And so I did that for about a year, did my marketing company. And then one of my clients was a real estate um, guy, right? And I started learning about Netview Rentals and all this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, this seems so awesome. <laughs> and that's what led me to start looking into, into Moab, I've, I love Moab. It's like a second home. And so I was like, I wonder if I could do it there. And that's where I ended up um, purchasing my uh, my properties to run as Airbnbs. And I've done that for the past couple of years. But what's what's so interesting when you go through these shifts, right? The beauty about being an entrepreneur is when you you can try something, it doesn't work. Okay, great. great. Awesome. Let's go on to the next thing. Like, I, I think it's such a blessing, right? Because Every day is so unique. Every day is a different challenge. Every day is a different problem that you can solve. It's not like you're waking up and you have exactly the same thing to do that day from nine to five. Now, I, I'm not going to bash on people that you know they they really like that that strict schedule. Like, it I could never be a CPA for this reason. Um, I mean, when I was the business valuation or when I was doing business valuations, it was the same thing every single day. Different companies, sure, but the tasks are all the same. It drove me crazy. But when you're a business owner, when you're an entrepreneur, it's it's a new adventure all the time. And and if you start a business it doesn't work, okay, that's perfect. Move on to the next thing, right? Take what you learned from that. Move on to the next thing. And I think adopting this mentality of embracing change is one of the single most important things that you can do as an entrepreneur in saying, "Hey, look." And and I think that goes for failures and successes because when you're obviously when you're failing and your back's against the wall, you you're forced just like when I would have them, these clients tell me they needed something and I didn't know how to do it. I was against, I was, my back was against the wall. I was like, I have to figure this out. It like, if I don't figure this out, I'm going to lose a client and that's not going to happen, right? And so when you're, when you are against a wall and you have to do something, you're going to find a way. And then on the flip side, I think it's also important to embrace the, uh, the idea of change and growth, especially when you're successful, because I feel like it's so much easier when you have money coming in. Uh, Things are going well to get complacent. You're sitting there going, oh, things are great. This is awesome. I can sit back and I can relax. That's the, I got to be honest, that's the time that you should be working the hardest because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, right? And uh, I just think it's so funny when I hear people talking about like, oh, I want to start a business so I can go work on a beach somewhere. I'm like, oh man, Mm -hmm. you are in for a, you're in for a rocky battle, my friend.
0: So true. I mean,
1: there are, look, there are people that, you know, they, they, uh, make millions of dollars a year and they just work from their laptop and they've optimized stuff. Sure. Great. You know, but I would say the vast majority of people that try, that try to start a business end up quitting, stopping, whatever, for whatever reason. Right. I mean, you see those guys, it's all shiny. Uh, But I got to say, that is not, a strong enough why to persevere through the the valleys that you're going to have to go through to get to what they did just Mm. just this desire to sit on a beach sipping like pina colada that's not going to be strong enough when crap hits the fan and you are concerned about making enough money to freaking eat man like and and I've been through those moments where I'm driving Uber Eats to make enough cash so I can work on my business at night. Just to eat. Like, I'm telling you, like, it's not, you got to recognize and understand that embracing change is the only way to survive, but also to thrive, right? Mm -hmm. And being an entrepreneur is is so fulfilling and I would not change for the life of me. What I've done, I do not regret it. So I've learned so much, but even thinking back when I was, at Harmon Brothers, um, going from that to real estate development, which is what I do full time now, and for the past year I've done that. Um, I last fall, I woke up morning one morning and I was just like, Tally, I, I hate, I hate that." Like I got to a point where I started to get to that point where I was doing very similar things every day. And I got, I got started getting to the point where I started feeling myself getting complacent. I was like, I'm comfortable. I'm, 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 I got money in the bank. I've got, you know, things are going, things are really cool. Things are really smooth. And I stopped growing. I stopped pushing myself. And so I woke up with morning and I realized that and I, and I called my boss and I was like, Hey, I'm done. And I put in my, um, my period of time that I was, that I was going to leave. And it was me. I was the sales team. And so I helped them kind of transition out. And I was done and I, and I, I stepped away from that and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Yeah. And, um, I think at the end of the day, just this, this mentality of pushing yourself beyond what you think you can do. And, and I think the greatest things in life are just on the other side of fear. And mm-hmm. so leaving that, that job, that security and the things that I had going on the side, obviously I had my Airbnbs, I was doing all that, but that was scary right? And I was like, holy cow, what am I going to do after this? And it all worked out and I ended up, you know, that's a whole other story, but I got into real estate development and I love this so much, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's become a deep passion of mine and it doesn't feel like work. And every day is so different. Every day is a different project. Every day is something that I can create and build and I'm, you know, it's just amazing. So I think embracing that change and embracing the pain that comes from it, right? I, I think is, is so, so important.
0: I like had a epiphany moment when you said like, I stopped growing. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like that's super relatable because I feel like when you get in these jobs that are, I mean, I've been obviously working at a gym, kind of laying my foundations with training. And so you get in these jobs that are the same, you know, and obviously like you're working with different clients, but it's still kind of the same thing, you know, um, you don't realize that that's the issue. It's you're not allowed to express yourself creatively. It's all under the um, corporation and ideas of someone else. And so that's why you feel so trapped in those positions is because you're like, man, I have so much like things I want to do in life. Is this really all it's about? It's just going through the motions every day, doing the same thing, working for someone else, giving all of my time and energy to someone else's idea. And it that just like totally hit me. So I'm really grateful you pointed that out. Um, and I think it's super cool that you were able to recognize that because a lot of times people really like struggle to to recognize when they should be changing because things are going so good. Why would they change things when things are going perfect and they're going great? Yeah. And I like how you pointed out too, that when things are going great is actually when you should push push the hardest because it is so easy. Right. Everything is easy around you. You have no other reason but to give it your all at that moment. And so I think that is something that we can all strive for is to be constantly evolving and growing, whether it be, you know, in in work life or in family life, like helping your relationship to grow with family members or helping friendships to grow. Like there's so many avenues of life you can be growing in. And I think there's always like little goals we can be setting up for ourselves to to make those um those goals more fulfilling like having something to pursue makes it easier to keep evolving i feel like i feel like if you're not actively pursuing something you're not actively pushing yourself in something it makes it really easy to get complacent and really easy to make it to make life easy right and so yeah those were some super good points and i like how you said that there's like valleys throughout entrepreneurship that you're going to have to go through. And it's really important to accept the the failures, the hardships, the hard times, because they are they're serving a purpose like your worst emotions and the worst and most sad times in entrepreneurship, I believe, are like sources of motivation for future deals and and for future um evolutions of yourself so super cool love what you said um okay so let's see we got some more questions here i have like a billion i have to i always have to narrow it down every podcast i'm like i don't know yeah. where to <laughs> even start okay um this is a good one we were just talking about real estate and how um real estate development has been something you've been like loving um so someone who's ventured into real estate development what considerations and strategies do you find most crucial for entrepreneurs entering this field
1: oh man so i just had um someone i i used to work with at arm brothers reach out to me it's funny you should ask this cuz it was literally like 4 days ago uh they reached out to me and they're like dude um i just feel like and and my my old one of my old colleagues I, was, I used to work with really closely knows that I left. Um, and I told him, I was like, I, I, wanted, to do, I wanted to do real estate, so I got to leave. I didn't know what I was going to do in real estate, but I want to do real estate, so I'm going to leave. That, that's what I told my director, period. And so he had kind of told the company, he was like, Alan's leaving for real estate, blah, blah, <laughs> um, And so this one coworker, this is almost been a year since I left Brothers now. And um, this coworker just randomly reached out and was like, dude, um you know I was told that you left to do real estate like are you are you doing that like have you had much success with it and I was like yeah man I mean I've been so I've been doing development for about a year and I've I uh, I'm currently leading out a couple projects um in primarily Utah I have a couple in Reno uh Nevada and then doing a I guess this is still Utah but a couple in St. George a couple in the valley up here in Salt Lake but um it's been really interesting because it's been like drinking out of a fire hose, but there are a couple of things that I've noticed that, um, are, are so impactful, I believe to anyone wanting to kind of get into that field. And, uh, the reason I, I bring up this guy is because he asked me this exact question. He was like, Hey man, like, how do I, how do I get in? Like, if I wanted to, what can I do? And, and there are a couple of things that I would suggest But look, I think books, training, like all that stuff is really great. Seminars, awesome, you know, whatever. But the best way to learn, in my opinion, and this goes back to guitar hacks, this goes back to Rise Marketing, what I did with these clients. um, This goes back to all those roots where I believe the greatest educator is experience. And so if you're thinking about getting into it, you, you've got to get to a point where you stop reading books and you got to go do a deal. Okay. And, and that's way easier said than done. But when I did my Moab properties, I'll kind of tell the story here and, I, and hopefully this illustrates kind of some insights that people could use. I was, I was at a point in my life uh, this was about a little over three years ago. I was at a point in my life where I was in between things and I was in one of these moments where my business wasn't quite working how I needed it to. My I didn't have clients performing. I didn't do did this, that, and the other. I was really struggling and I was legit driving. That's, that thing I mentioned earlier, driving Uber, delivering food to, to so that I could eat. That's true. I, I went through that. Um, and I remember one day my, my card, I was getting gas and my card declined and I didn't have gas in the tank. And and so, I mean, that's, that's a point where you break down emotionally, right? It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. Like, but so in the midst of all that happening, I decided I'm going to go buy property. (laughs) And, you know, a lot of people I remember were like, dude, you're out of your mind. Like you don't have, um, uh, you don't have solid job you don't have a career you don't you don't have a degree you don't have the credit history you don't have a, and i and i kept hearing excuse after excuse after reason after reason why i couldn't do this thing and i just kept thinking to myself like there's got to, there's got to be a way like with all the innovative technology and information out there on the internet I, there, there has to be someone has to have done this before and so I started relentlessly um, studying this, like Googling, like, oh, dude, how do I raise money to buy real estate? How do I do this, that, or the other? And I started finding all these books. And I was reading these books. And um, and I did this for, oh, man, months, probably, while I was driving, delivering food. And I, I, while I would drive, I would listen to audiobooks. I was like, I need to figure out how to freaking do this. And I started to make lists in my uh, in 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 my notes of people that I knew that I thought had experience in real estate. And I would reach out to them and I was like, hey, even if it had been a minute, I was like, hey, I know it's been a minute, but I just want to pick your brain about something if you're willing. And I had a lot of people that maybe you know, didn't reply or didn't have time, whatever, but I had a lot um, or I guess a few that were like, oh, yeah, let's talk. And so I just pick people's brains. And then from them, I was like, hey, do you know other people maybe that? that could tell me stuff. And so, so I started talking to people and then um, I realized I was like, man, I I have to just do a deal. Like there's, like, I, I don't know. Again, it got to the point where I was like, I don't know what I don't know, right? How am I supposed to learn if I'm not putting myself in the fire and trying to actually solve these problems with real live ammo? And so I started looking at properties in Moab And that's the the place that I identified as where I wanted to be. I started researching the area. I started studying everything I could about different properties. I went and I toured properties with different agents. Um, And I, I tried to ask these questions like, okay, does this allow for Airbnb stuff? Like, and I, and like, does this, can I self manage? Like, can I do all that? Like, and I started asking all these different questions based on these experiences that I was having in real life. And I identified a handful of properties. And I was like, okay. These, and I had spoken to the sellers, I had spoken to their agents, I got in their historical data and I was like, okay, if I were, an in fact, like, let's just say in this, in this crazy hypothetical world, I had um, $760,000, which is what I needed. What would possess me to do so? Like what would possess me to give this kid that much money to go buy them? And I started racking my brain, man. And I and I I built this presentation and I built out a big pro forma with some historical data attached with the specific properties. And I went online and I started calling credit unions, banks, private money lenders. I mean, and I got on Facebook and I started looking up in uh, Utah investor real estate investor masterminds. And I started joining all these groups and I start legit I started posting in these groups. And reaching out to people and saying, "Hey, um, I got this deal, and you know, I'm looking for some some equity partners. Uh, would you? Be? I'm I'm serious. I I went through a process of calling everyone that I could find on the internet, calling, and I got everyone and their dog told me what the people in the in the past had told me. You're too young. You don't have the credit history. You." Um, this is, but what was interesting is with all the reasons that I couldn't do it, people started tell me, but this is a really good deal. And I was like, well, hang on a second, <laughs> right? And, and that's when I had some real massive epiphanies and I pivoted to this approach of like, I had people asking me, like, I started talking to these, these private money lenders because they would actually entertain the conversation because it was a good deal. Even though their money was super expensive, but I and I could talk about that later, like interest rates are off the charge, whatever, like way more than institutional financing. Uh, but that's kind of getting in the weeds. But I started having these guys be like, dude, I really like this. Like, do you have a down payment? Like, can you afford a down payment? And I started getting to the point where I was like, Yep. <laughs> like I started getting to a point where I would I would, because I knew they would disqualify me if, if I didn't, right? And so I started saying, yes. And then I started in my brain. I was like, "If okay, hang on a second. If I can get them to commit, then I can go raise something from, you know, another random person for the equity piece, the down payment. Like I could, I can maybe build a capital stack. And later I learned that this was actually a really powerful strategy to use, but I didn't know this at the time. I was like, I wonder if I could do that. So I started telling people, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I got that taken care of. I didn't tell them that I had it, but I told them it would be taken care of. It's not a problem. Right. And they're like, Oh, cool. Warding. Yeah. And so they started to, they started to underwrite me. Right. And that was really interesting. And then I started learning these different, like, okay, so these people are looking for this. These people are looking for this. Sophisticated, The sophisticated investors are looking for these type of things. So I started building my packages based on what these lenders were asking for. And then I started to just, again, I built that. I looked at that list of people that I knew and I was like, okay, I wonder if these people in my life that I already know, have any contacts that would be interested in doing a deal. So I started reaching out to people. And then one day I had one of those people um, invite me over. And they were like, this is really interesting. We'd love to hear what, about what you're doing. So I went over to their place and I kind of showed them my, my package um, of you know their, the, pro, the pro formas. And the it was like the underwriting package that I had sent to these, these lenders. And I started showing them all this stuff and they were like, dude, do you have a, do you have a funding partner already? Can can, can we fund this? And I will never forget. I was like, oh yeah, I've got a couple people like that. I'm thinking about, (laughs) and then I walked out leaving them with that. I was like, but yeah, I'm sure we could talk. Let's talk about it and we can figure it out. I left and I was like, yeah, like I got in my car and I was just like screaming, blasting music, driving home. And I was like, I just did this. I have the equity piece. How much easier will it be to get the, the final financing? So the point that I'm trying to make is it ended up, um, you know, I ended up going private money to, to do secure the mortgage through a contact of, of my equity partner and we structured it. And I, I drafted all the operating agreements through a, a contact that I had that was really good legally. Um, so I have really robust operating agreements and, and really tight legally uh, set them all up. And anyway, that's that's getting into the weeds, but I wouldn't have known how to do all of that stuff if I would have just sat there and theoretically envisioned doing a deal. That's the point, right? So for people that are wanting to get into something like this, you have got, read, a couple, read Rich Dad Poor Dad, listen to some podcasts, you know, um, I, I, I talk to people that have done it before, ask them their thoughts, ask them our opinions, and start to get a feel for it and then start putting together a deal. You've you've got to do something with what you're learning, or else it's not going to make a lick of difference. And because I went through that process, I learned so many things that I never would have been even thought of to ask. Right. But now doing development, that's ultimately what led me to go into development. I was like, I really like this. I made some connections to that. And then I started in this network that I'm building, I'm like, I really feel like I want, I was, I've always been a little drawn to development architecture. Since I was a kid, I wanted to be an architect that kind of changed when I get, got home from my mission, but um, that's always kind of fascinating. So I was like, I wonder if I could just get into development now that I have this experience in real estate. I wonder if I could do that. So I started talking to people again. That's the, that's the thing, right? I started acting on it instead of going, reading a bunch of books on development. I was like, I'm going to go talk to people who that I know have done it or are doing it. Or if I don't know anyone that's doing it, how can I find them? How can I put myself in places that they might be, right or who in my life that I know might know someone in this place? I mean, you can get so creative right? That's the thing is like instead of being of the mindset like, oh I can't do something, I am very much of the mindset of how can I do something because when you when you tell yourself you can't do something, your, your mind shuts off. But when you start to ask yourself a question, how can I do something, your mind starts to give you solutions right? So, so that's, I think, the biggest way that I would say, um, and it's trial and error, right? I mean, you, you're going to experience failures. You're going to experience setbacks and all this stuff. I experienced plenty with my property stuff. I do experience plenty, but um, when you take that approach, oh, instead of, I can't do something, how can I do this? Then you start to really come out on top in a lot of ways.
0: Absolutely. And I think, to something that builds momentum along the way is getting those little successes is getting like, totally. Oh, okay. So they know someone. Okay. So, okay. That's, that's more energy to go, you know, yep. give to the next thing. So it's like, you need to have those little like, um, points where you do get those little bit of like a tiny bit of success. You get a taste of it and you're like, Oh my gosh, I want more. Yeah. And then it like makes you, propels you forward to keep wanting it. Because I think a lot of times, when it comes to like taking action there's a lot of like people have a lot of fear and there's a lot of like worry and then there's all these like negative emotions but like recognize too that like I love to think of the analogy of like life is 50 50 so if you're giving a lot and you feel drained of energy know that there's something good on like coming towards you now because you've sacrificed all that energy and that pain for that moment that there's something else good whether it's something small or something big it there is something good coming and so I like thinking that way with business too, with like making deals and, and pursuing those things. And I think it's really cool to hear from someone who is so deep into their business and they are, you know, you're lots of steps ahead of me as far as business goes, but I am, I just love learning from you. And I think it's so cool about how all, like all the actions you had to take and all of the courage that it probably took to reach out to those old friends, even if it was like random people, you don't even know. Um, So I, I like your ideas too, of, joining Facebook groups of, you know, really just researching in every way you can using your notes on your phone of people you might be able to connect with. I think that's super valuable for people. Um But yeah, you've been through it all. And so it's really cool to like hear your experiences. It lights me up to hear about everything you've experienced. But um I just kind of wanted to end off on a couple more questions here because I don't want to keep you all night. But sure. yeah, you're you're killing it. This is going to be so valuable <laughs> for people. Seriously. Awesome. Um, so with everything that let's see, so yeah, um, let's go with, okay, so it's really, it's really competitive online, right? Like with online marketplace, like it's huge right now. Um, so how do you maintain and establish like a, a strong brand identity? Like how do you stay authentic to you?
1: Okay. Okay. Two books. Uh, number one is a book called Launch. And number two is a book called 12 Months to a Million. Uh, um, Launch is by Jeff Walker, I think. Let me look this up. Jeff Walker, Launch by Jeff Walker. And then 12 Months to a Million is by Ryan. What's his name, Ryan. Daniel Morin, Ryan Daniel Morin. Yep. Okay. So those, those two books. Okay. So quick story. Um, beginning of this year, um, I, uh, was probably in February, March. I think it's, yeah, I think it was March. Um, you know, TikTok's really big. And I started to ask myself this question, like in the midst of all this stuff going on, is it, is it really possible to start an online operation and actually make money like is it because i gotta say there are so many people that waste so much money online trying to sell their product trying to sell their service facebook eats their cash and they don't see much and so i gotta just give a disclaimer like that's a very real possibility if you are not careful um i had I've had numerous clients uh in the past tell me that they've spent that the worst that I ever heard was I had a come a big bigger company come to me and tell me that they had spent two million dollars in Facebook ads and uh they they got a uh 0.5 ROAS. And that's bad. If if you if you know marketing at all, a 0.5 row so essentially in layman's terms, if you put a dollar in, you get 50 cents out. That's really bad. So that means they put $2 million in and they got $1 million out. I mean that's awful, right? So they're losing—they're losing money. They're losing fifty percent of their capital injected. Um, and there was a lot of reasons why that was the case, but but the point that I'm trying to make is it's very a very real possibility to get burned really bad online. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows this. Like it's not as simple as. And unfortunately, man, I've seen so many people just throw up a. They make a website or they make a funnel or whatever and they throw it up online and they just spend a bunch on ads and they never make a sale and they get really sad. And I'm just like, oh, I wish I could, I wish I could just tell you to stop and like just reevaluate and just like let's let's take a different approach. So launch and 12 months for a million are really, really powerful in understanding developing something that is going to gain traction. Now, when we talked about knowing who you're targeting, I, that that's a big one um when you talk about standing out but i think another another thing that's really important to consider is your why and this is so cliche okay but i think it's i think it's so spoken of because it's so powerful um when you can understand and, and just be so passionate about a a why and look i'm not saying you have to be insanely passionate about um every tiny little thing that you do in your life, but I do think that you need to be passionate about being excellent in every part of your life, right? So if you're going to start an online business, you better be passionate about like starting an online or or, uh, being excellent across the board. Therefore, you're going to be excellent in your effort towards starting your online business. So when this year in March, um, I saw this TikTok stuff. I saw, you know, an online world is really saturated. I, I just has asked this question in my head, in my head, like, okay, can I can I actually start from scratch and create a business? Can I can I make a sale? Was my question actually? It was like, can I start a, an online business and make a sale in 24 hours? That was my question. Right. And I was like, I had I I was going to start with no website, no um, It's social media presence. I was starting from scratch on on, across the board. I didn't have a product. And I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to start a business. I guess I'm going to start an online store. Uh, You know, starting an online store isn't necessarily a business until you can add a lot of that. But that's another story. But or another concept. Um, But I was like, I'm going to start an online store. And can I make a sale within 24 hours of starting that store? So what I did is is. I was like, I'm going to start this, I'm going to launch this store on, I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something. I I can't remember, but um, it was early in the week. And over the weekend, I kind of just searched a bunch of stuff online. I was like, okay, I want to make an online store. I want to sell on TikTok. And I want a product that I can just drop ship. Okay. So there was these three things that I was like, it has to have these three things. So I started googling and just researching. I was like, these are the questions that I'm that are bringing my brain. And um, before this, I had I had already read Launch. I would already read um, Twelve Months to a Million. Uh, so I had kind of these concepts swirling in my brain. But I was like, I want to prove them that that's that you can't do it, <laughs> right? I was like, because when you can prove someone, when you can put out all the stops to try to prove someone wrong, but it still works, I mean, you're onto something, right? So I try to be like, there's no way these guys just we're lucky they started these businesses and they just grew them and they're they're like, lucky, blah, blah, blah. They made sales quickly, blah, 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 like all this stuff. That that can't be true, especially in the saturated market that we're in. So I spent all day Saturday, the, the week before um, that I was going to launch this store. And again, not knowing what store it was going to be, not knowing what product it was going to be. Um, I spent all day Saturday and I went through an entire course on drop shipping on TikTok specifically. Um and on and on Shopify. So it was like shop and I had already had some experience with Shopify. Um, uh, but drop shipping and TikTok were completely new to me. So I went into this course, I watched the entire course and I took robust notes and I said, okay, here's my action items. So on Monday, actually, I think I did launch Tuesday because Monday I didn't do anything Sunday, but then Monday I go in and I took the action items that I'd taken out of the course and I went through and I did each one. And as I was, and I went, and I started to go through the course again, and pause, and then implement what he said, and then go back and push play in the course, and then when there was another action item, I would go implement what he said, and then go back and do it. And I did that, and I created this store on on Shopify. It was legit, a little grip strengthener tool thing. It was so random, <laughs> but I used Canva to design a logo for the site. I used Canva to develop some marketing messages. And then I legit uh, f- found, oh, anyway, super long story short, I launched this random product on TikTok and I made a sale in, I think it was like eight hours. Um, and so the point that I'm trying to make is it's very possible. So y- you have to understand at the end of the day that yeah, it's super saturated, but there is a ton of garbage out there, okay? Just because it's super saturated does not mean that everyone and their dog has something insanely unique and insanely special and something that's so much better than you that you can't even touch it. Get that garbage out of your head and start asking, how can I stand out? When you you stop asking, I can't do this because it's saturated and start asking, how can I stand out? You'll start to develop some ideas. Oh, this is what's unique about me that I could put on this to make it a personal flair. Oh, this is a problem that I've experienced. I wonder if other people are experiencing this too, or, oh my goodness, I'm seeing this, this thing everywhere. I wonder if there's this version of that thing. Like I, you know, there's so many different questions that could guide that answer. It's just a matter of just eliminating this belief that it can't be done in such a saturated space. It, I will say disclaimer, you can waste a bunch of money, but I will say some of the most valuable lessons that I've ever learned were wasting money. Right. So you've got to kind of you gotta kind of balance that and take this approach of testing, iterating, talking to people, man about it, man. Like at the end of the day, you're not the one buying your product or your service. Like, if you're gonna start something like this online, like I said, be passionate about being excellent about it. Go talk to people, talk to your friends. Like, hey, dude, what do you think of it? Like, would you buy this? So, like, do you know people that would buy like a, go online and go into Facebook groups, go into things, talk to people, man? Like, it's it spend some ads on a survey that talks about what, what you're thinking about selling. Like, and if you don't make a sale within eight hours, do not quit. It took me eight months before I made a sale with my guitar company, eight months. I launched eight months later, I made a $7 sale. Okay. So when you are persistent and you start asking those questions, you start talking to people and you are, you are opening your mind. So, okay. If, you know, I think this is great, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Who. I need to talk to the people that I'm going to be selling to and th- see if they think it's great. And you need to build on that. Okay. So there's, this is just such a loaded question. I could talk about it for hours, but I think I'll leave it there and, and look up those books. I think that would teach you so much. And then again, just talk to people about it, man. Like you, you got to iterate. And if people are giving you like mixed feedback, okay, well, move on to something else. Like, th- don't be so over on on something you think is so great if you're not seeing potential from it. That's where people end up wasting a ton of money. I, I, I've i seen people that have reached out to me while I was at home Brothers, like, hey, I haven't made a sale yet, but I've been doing this for three years and I just think it's so great. And I'm like, oh God, see, th- that's the problem, right? And they've wasted tons and tons of money on trying to sell it and no one's buying it. I was like, okay, th- that's that's something you need to start saying, Okay, maybe I need to pivot, right? Maybe I start asking myself a a different question. So uh, that was kind of all over the place. Hopefully that's helpful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think think a lot of people can learn from your experiences. um, And also, I think with those books you recommended, those can also be super helpful. But I like how you mentioned that it's important to consider to pivot, because I think that is where a lot of people fail. And I think it's also to like engagement. So like you said, like asking people, like if someone's not giving you the engagement that you're looking for, whether it's on social media or it's in person, then you might want to be, you know, considering, okay, what messages am I sending out and who am I, am I targeting the right audience? Um, but okay. So I'll end off with this question for those facing challenges and their entrepreneurial journey. What advice do you have for overcoming obstacles and maintaining resilience in the face of, of adversity?
1: Um, when you're feeling unable or unwilling or really lonely or, um, you know, and all these things that I'm saying are things that I've experienced, by the way, in this journey, uh, when you're feeling episodes of depression or anxiety or whatever, uh, because, you know, it will get hard. And, um, when you set out to do something extraordinary, uh, you, you have to do, you know, if you want to experience something you've never experienced before, you have to do stuff you've never done before. Um, and, and that's really hard. Uh, and, and it invites a lot of change. It invites a lot of growth and growth is uncomfortable and it, it is, it's really, when you are feeling discomfort, all you want to do is, is go back to bed. You don't want to wake up early you know, you you just went to bed a couple hours ago, like you don't want to wake up again and get back to it. Like that's, I mean, I speaking from experience, it's so tough, but when you are feeling this kind of type of things, these type of things what what has helped me. And this is so interesting. um, Talk to yourself about it, man. Like, uh, and I don't feel like this is spoken about a ton, but, and I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs and like people that are really like, you know, disciplined. And they're like these gurus that just like, they never stop. Like whatever. I feel like a lot of people will kind of say, just suck it up and deal with like, just push, just push. Right. Just like muscle through it. Use that willpower, like grind, like all that kind of stuff. And you know, look, there's a lot of merit to being a hustler, like grinding, uh, and I, and I believe you do need to. I mean, talking about me looking up in the sun is rising, nights that I'm working and like all that stuff. like I've i and I still to this day believe in pushing myself beyond what i what my mind thinks I can do um in the gym in career, like push, you know, like i I think there's so much merit to that. But man, sometimes you're feeling these things. You wake up in the morning, you're like, I need I need to go back to bed. It's so interesting to me. When you start telling yourself and like record it, like you need to deal with that stuff. Okay. Don't, don't push it away. Like don't say, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way, but that's such garbage. Like you are feeling these things and they're valid feelings. That's the first thing that I would say to any entrepreneur that's, that's maybe dealing with that kind of stuff. First and foremost, what you're feeling is so valid. Okay. And, and it's real and you're dealing with it and it does matter. Okay. So get that through your head first. If you're feeling lonely and you don't feel like anyone really gets you and you're just doing all this stuff and it feels like you're, you're tackling the world alone and no one else has got your back, dude, it, that's valid, okay? That's fair. I've experienced it. Lots of people have experienced it. It's okay. It's real, except that it's all right that you feel that way. Now, the next step, though, is you cannot wallow in that, right? So take a second take a knee, you know, okay, I'm feeling this way. Um, it's it's okay that I'm feeling this way, but I'm feeling this way. And start to talk to yourself, man, T- make a recording of yourself and uh, it- it- tell yourself what you're feeling. Oh man, I don't want to get up today. Um, oh man, I'm so tired. Uh, oh, I-, I barely got any sleep. Okay? And then play it back to yourself and listen to it. And then think, man, that sounds like someone I don't want to be like, I've done this. I have made a recording and oh, I I heard this from
0: David Goggins does this. Someone
1: is it David Goggins? Yeah. I think it, he talks I think about you're it in right. his book. I think it's David Goggins. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I want to say, I heard this one time and I, I tried it and it's crazy. Like I, I, you, you talk to yourself and like, you're naming all these excuses and then you play it back and you're like, what?
0: It's <laughs> like, like comedy you're like yeah, you're like i'm like an me. idiot yeah, yeah exactly.
1: exactly and then you kind of get up and just move so i think like so goggins i love david goggins by the way i i think he is um an amazing example i i think his can't hurt me i think and then his new one what is it never
0: uh never finished never finished
1: yeah those are phenomenal those are another ones that i would read like if if that's probably a very applicable. Um, person to listen to if you're feeling some of these emotions or if you're like going through these rocky this rocky road as an entrepreneur man first of all accept and understand that what you're feeling is real and valid and then go okay you need to give yourself some opportunity to deal with it deal with it behind closed doors deal with it on your own and then and then fight right you need use it as
0: motivation
1: yeah use that as motivation use it as as a reason you know get to a point that you're, you're just, you're disciplined, right? You're, you're, you're to a point where like, you know what, this is just who I am. So when you hear yourself starting to make excuses or make these reasons why you can't do something, I think that's why it's so powerful because you recognize that this isn't who I am. Like, this isn't who I want to be and who I'm striving to be. I ain't up to go. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, that's some, some thoughts that have really helped me.
0: Mm-hmm. I love, I mentioned this in my last podcast, but we'll kind of end off with like, well, there's two more things. So this quote, uh, for from Alex Hermosey, it just is like the only difference between an ordinary moment and an extraordinary one is the commitment to it. I'm just like, Mm. yes, like anytime I need to like dial in on my work, I'm like, dang, I just need to be committed. I need to just avoid my distractions and be more committed to what I'm doing now. And it will become an extraordinary moment. So I don't know that helps me get through hard stuff, but, um, Dallin, where can people find you? Like if they want to connect with you on like LinkedIn or Instagram, where can they find you?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, you can, I, I don't have social media at the moment. Um, so you can't find me on social media.
0: What about like your companies <laughs> though? Like...
1: Um, but you, you can find me on real estate. Dallin Montgomery Aston, um, is where I'm on, is where I'm on uh, LinkedIn. And, um, as far as companies go, um, I'm trying to think of any anywhere you could find me. Man, I I, I went I've gone through a phase this year. It's really interesting, and I, I don't know if I would recommend everyone do this, but for me, you know, there was a while where I had um, I was all over social media with different companies and my personal brand, and um, you know, I was I was doing all this different stuff. And then this year I've taken a really interesting approach where I've completely scrubbed myself um, from that. And I've been, I've been pounding real estate development really hard. And so LinkedIn is probably the best place you could find me right now. Cause everything else is pretty much deactivated for the current moment.
0: Well, that's, that's awesome. The, that could
1: be a whole nother two hour conversation, but that LinkedIn is probably the place.
0: Good for you. It's so great for you to to detox from stuff like that. I think, social media can be really toxic sometimes. So, um, anyway, such a blessing to have you on today. And man, I was taking notes. I had to turn off my mic a couple of times so I could type, but you <laughs> are so awesome. People are going to learn a ton from this podcast. And I'm just grateful that we were able to have you on today.
1: Well, thanks so much, Kyla. You're awesome. And I, I, again, I love what you're doing and I think you're such a, such an inspiring person. I, I love seeing it at the gym every now and again. And just like, oh yeah, there, there she is. She's always Aww. always hustling. So thanks. love it. Love it. Thanks for having me again.
0: Of course. Well, I hope you guys all learned a lot today and thanks for tuning in. Um, we will be seeing you guys on the next episode and have a great one. Me not stopping the recording.